to open the podcast this week, I'm going to read you guys an excerpt from the essay I submitted when I applied to colleges almost 10 years ago now. Being a Bills fan is an exercise in futility. The Buffalo Bills of the NFL have the longest running streak of playoffless seasons in the league. Their most famous accomplishment is being the first and only team to go to four straight Super Bowls. They're also known as the team that lost in four straight Super Bowls. I spend countless hours reading about the team and keeping track of transactions and injury reports week after year, week after week, year after year. To what purpose? My analysis of the Bills makes no difference. It has no effect on any of the games. Unless I go into some football-related career, it's unlikely to have much impact on anything at all. Has all this time spent following arguably the most pathetic team in the NFL been wasted? What am I getting out of my devotion to a team that has wallowed in mediocrity for 14 years? I was thinking about that essay after the Bills Chiefs, the Bills lost to the Chiefs yesterday. Uh, obviously, things have changed a lot in the last eight or nine years. The Bills are no longer on a long streak of playoff list seasons, much the opposite. We've won the division the last four or five years. Um, we're not even anywhere near mediocre. We've been in the elite group of teams the last several years. We've got a top three or four quarterback easily. You know, you could easily say he's the top two. A lot of things that I spent my childhood dreaming of while the Bills went seven and nine, six and ten, year after year. And I watched quarterbacks like Trent Edwards, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tarod Taylor at the best of times get crushed by the Patriots and other good teams. But what do I have? What have I gained from the Bills finally getting good these last few years? I watched that game yesterday, and let me tell you, I wasn't having fun. They were going step for step with the Chiefs, making great plays. And don't get me wrong, when the Bills scored, when the Bills made a good play, I cheered. I was ecstatic for a few moments. And then, like, a, a minute later, I would just had this gnawing feeling in my chest like we were going to fuck it up. And lo and behold, we did fuck it up. I, my roommate turned to me, he said, tried to talk to me, and I was just like, I can't think about this shit anymore. I can't. I don't want to think about this shit anymore. This isn't fun. Even going back through this whole season of football, the Bills won, you know, 11 games in the regular season. They turned things around really nicely. And I was trying to tell myself the whole year, you just got to enjoy the ride. It's not all championship or nothing. You've got to enjoy the moments you have and enjoy how good the team is. But, man, after that game last night, uh, I was just like, is this shit worth it? Am I really having that much fun with this? Shouldn't I be doing better things in my life? So with that cheery sentiment, I'll open things up for this week. This is CMM, the least trusted names in sports. We're uh, a group of non-experts who are bringing you the fan perspective on things. I'm Cameron. You guys want to introduce yourselves? I'm Manny. I'm Michael. What do you guys have to say? Any words of comfort? Or do you think that this is all fruitless and we should do something else with our time? I will say, honestly, sometimes it feels like being a sports fan is the dumbest thing I've been born into. I'm not a Bills fan. And I obviously, yesterday, I was watching from a neutral perspective. But 
I think anybody who supports a sports team can kind of relate to the pain of just seeing a team come so close and yet still unable to get over the hump. I remember being young, I guess myself. The first team I supported was Chelsea. I was born in Ghana and I my you know, the people around me supported Chelsea, so I supported Chelsea. And just as I was really becoming a sports fan or a soccer fan in two thousand and four, Chelsea was also becoming good. And they were playing in the Champions League, which is kind of the version of, you know, the, the playoffs or the, the highest level of competition in uh, club soccer. And they lost bitterly to their rivals, Liverpool, in a very close, you know, two-tie game. And I was crying. And th- this is, like, one of the earliest sports memories I have. And when I think back on, like, my history as a sports fan, obviously there have been good moments. But the bad moments hurt more than a good moments feel good. I remember in 2009 when Peyton Manning threw a game-ending interception in the Super Bowl uh, against the Saints and trying to pretend to be sick to miss school the next day. I remember there's so many, you know, moments, I guess, throughout my life as a sports fan that have been bad. And the good moments are good, as I said. The bad moments hurt a lot. And it shouldn't be that way because this is something entirely out of my control. It is entirely out of all of our control. It's not like we have any power or effect to change these outcomes, and yet we pour so much into it. It's it's a disease <laughs> that you know men kind of slowly, you know bring themselves into, and I'm gonna you know someday in the future I'm gonna bring my kids into it, and they're gonna bring their kids into it, and they're just gonna keep going and going and going, just in the hopes of victory. And what, what do you get from victory? It's it's this abstract weird feeling of feeling success and like following the team's journey. But I don't know. Sometimes I ask myself if it's worth it. I wish I could be one of those people who could just like not watch sport, like, you know, who could just, or even watch sports, but not care. I wish I could not care. And I shouldn't be waxing poetic over a loss, you know, of a team that I, I'm not a fan of, but that's what happens when you care. And I just wish the good moments were good enough to make the bad moments go away or were good enough to make you not remember the bad moments, but it is what it is. And next year, opening weekend, we'll be here cheering for our stupid teams, hoping for the best (laughs) all over again. And then inevitably we're not going to win and we'll be doing the same thing again in 26 and 27 and 28. So we're an endless kind of, we're like Sisyphus, but we're not putting any actual labor. Just emotional. <laughs> <laughs> we're just pushing the emotional rock up the, you know, up the hill. We're fans of Sisyphus. We're just sitting on the sidelines, waiting on him to get it every time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> literally, literally, literally. Watch this sport. Yeah, it's a good analogy. I might give a maybe a bit of a different perspective. I don't know if it will exactly uh provide comfort i agree with what you guys are saying about like i mean the losses just feel so painful i mean it's because you care to get like philosophical for a moment it's better than the alternative of just like being detached and uh you know not having anything to put yourself into but i also want to get a little bit outside of the maybe dichotomy of just like winning or having some devastating playoff loss or before the playoffs, right? That's that's basically the only way the season ends. I was at the 
the Giants game, New York Giants, um, earlier this season. It was the game where um, Danny DeVito <laughs> uh, led the Giants to victory over the Packers. Mm. And we were all sitting in the cold, right? I, I like, didn't even want to go, honestly. Like, it was so fucking cold and the Giants suck, right? <laughs> so, anyway, I remember I went to this, like, Mrs. Fields. They were, like, selling cookies. And these guys in front of me were... <laughs> I, it just like uh, the birthday song started breaking out and like the guy behind the counter was singing. And so I joined in and then afterward, after the birthday song was over, I was like talking to the guy. I was like, what's his name and everything. It was like, happy birthday to him. And then the guy daps me up whose birthday it was. And he was a Cowboys fan. And he had all this Cowboys shit on. And then <laughs> <laughs> the friend who I was talking to originally, he was like, what the fuck, man? You just dapped up a Cowboys fan. I was like, yo, you know, fuck the Cowboys, but his, it's his day, you know? You gotta give him some love. And, you know, we were just, like, laughing and shit, right? And I'm, if you know me, type of person I'm, I am, I'm not necessarily, like, that outgoing, that willing to talk to strangers, but having that sort of shared identity as Giants fans we immediately have that commonality. We can immediately, you know, vibe a bit with each other. And it felt so fun in that moment to just have that, like, yeah, just, like, shared experience. Giants ended up winning that game on a on a game-ending field goal. I can't believe they won the fucking game. They won, like, five games all year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, in that moment... It was for them to the victory. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean... <laughs> You know, we're, we were the 12th men that night, you know, singing happy birthday to this fucking Cowboys fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to me, that's what it's all about. Like, and that's what, that's whenever I'm at, at a game. You know, I do have that thought that Manny also mentioned where it's like, what if I was just a fan of, like, music only? I mean, we're all big fans of music. Or, like, movies. You know, people aren't going to the fucking Marvel movie and obsessing over it i know there's like crazy movie fans but they're not like in it in you know where they feel like such a part of it like to the same extent that sports fans do they don't get that like shared communal just feeling but a sports game whenever i'm at a sports game i'm like i'm amongst my people at the end of the day that's why i do it that's why i'm fucking stuck here forever i think that's a really good point and that that strikes a chord with me some of the few things that have been making me feel good in the 24 hours after that loss have been that community with the other fans. Um, that viral clip of the fan who was crying in the stands. And I saw people like making fun of him on the internet, but seeing that like really brought like a smile to my face and brought me some comfort. Just yeah. like, like um, other people care this much about this too. And we're all going through this together. And then on a funnier note, I sent you guys this uh, video for other people. You can look it up, uh, Bills fans on fire. <laughs> this is a part of our, our weekly segment about how insane Bills fans are, I guess. Uh, apparently, multiple different fans in different parts of the Bills tailgate before the game yesterday did the jumping through a table thing, but they uh, chose to set the tables on fire beforehand to make it a little extra fun. And... The really striking thing about the video is 
is the fans, you know, jump through the table, get up, and they've, like, been totally caught on fire. They stop, drop, and roll. People are trying to put them out. And then they get up extinguished, and their clothes are visibly singed and, like, smoking. And everyone around them just goes fucking crazy. And everyone's, like, hugging them and cheering them on. And the fan who themselves who were on fire do the little, like, you know, like, both your arms are pumped but facing down. And, like, you roar. This is, like, masculine energy. And I was like, God, I, I fucking love these people. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's I, I think the point about there really is a difference watching the game in person versus even watching it at a bar versus watching it at home. That can make the communal experience does matter, um, and that's definitely like a good point to make. I across all sports, it doesn't you know there there isn't a single unique one where if you are you know somebody who's a fan of rinks culture, there's only one winner at the end of every journey and at the end of every season, and everybody else is ultimately left feeling a bit disappointed, no matter how fun the journey is. We'll probably get into this later, right? If you're a Texans fan, you probably aren't that mad about this season. But I'm sure as you were watching the game and as you were watching some of the touchdowns that the Ravens were getting, at some point, you probably got sad. And it probably dawned on you just by having no expectation. I, I guess this is the curse of expectations. If you are a team that like has big expectations like the Bills, it definitely hurts a lot more. So sometimes it's better for your team to suck. It really is. Like, when your team sucks, you're like, all right, we got to win. It, it, it feels really good, but you don't expect anything. I When the Colts were contenders every year, it used to suck every year because, like, the playoffs were they weren't fun. They were nerve-wracking. You're looking for the next way to lose, and you're looking for the next way where something bad can happen. And it, it's a weird way, I guess, we've been trained. I really wish sometimes, like, I could take in the journey a bit more and – be happy when the Heat lose and the ECF and be happy. Hey, we weren't supposed to get here and we got here or whatever, but it's never that. I don't know. So, so you're kind of making the point about it where I said, like, being invested is better than the alternative, which is detachment. And it's like, yeah, if your team sucks, which I'm very used to with the Giants in recent history, it's like, if your team sucks, you don't really care what happens. But that doesn't mean I'm like, having fun it's just like i'm not gonna get sad about anything because i don't give a shit really at the end of the day there's no stakes it's it's kind of like a situationship versus like like actual like relationship that you have and there's like stakes there right and there's a lot of like personal investment there's also a lot of fulfillment that comes with that uh sort of like giving up a part of yourself and we do it because it's like what gives the meaning to life even and you know i would i would gladly you know dump my situation as five and 12 giants in order to be the bills right now you know even (laughs) even with the the pain of that loss like you know cameron's fandom is better it's more entertaining fulfilling and yeah there's that like heartbreak at the end but it's still worth it like the you know it hurts right now but you're gonna you're gonna be just as excited as usual you know when the draft rolls around free agency and everything like love starts anew 
<sighs> I hope you're right, man. Right now, I, I can't see that excitement, but I can I can see it objectively in my brain, but in my heart, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to hope again for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing back the relationship metaphor, I've just been hurt too many times, man. <laughs> we were saying it doesn't hurt as much when your team sucks. It hurt so much when my team sucked, man. And it hurt it hurt almost the same way because it was just Brady and the Patriots every single year. I have so it was all those are the only games that I remember feeling that true pain after. It's just, you know, my I think the first game I ever went to for the Bills, I went to the Bills Stadium in Buffalo. And I swear we got up like twenty one to nothing and we lost like forty five to twenty one. We were up 21 to nothing at like <laughs> halftime. And it just happened. And now that's the thing is it feels so similar too because it was just Brady and the Patriots while we sucked and we faced them in the division every year. And now it's Mahomes and the Chiefs in the playoffs. All right. Well, thank you guys. You did make me feel a little bit better or at least sharing some of the suffering, you know, gave me some of that community feeling. That's what co-hosts are for. With that, we can move past my misery and all of our misery, and talk about something that will bring us some joy, which is the frauds of the week. We get to laugh at somebody else's misery. Manny, start us off. Yeah, my fraud of the week is a bit of a weird choice. I remember when Chase Young was drafted. I thought this guy was about to come take over the damn NFL and just dominate offensive lines and sack quarterbacks and stop the run and just be an all-out monster. Uh, this past weekend, uh, with the 49ers – uh, playing the Packers. This guy, Chase Young, got to be the most overrated sack of shit ever. Bro, he... <laughs> I promise you, there is not a single... Po- I don't remember a single positive play he made. Obviously, Bosa exists on that line, and Bosa makes plays all the time. And when they tr- traded for him, the idea was, we already have Bosa. We're just going to pair him up with another supposed beast and just kind of... Everybody was like, all right, this is over for the league. It's over for the league. And the guy can't get past anybody. He cannot rush the quarterback. He cannot stop them run. What is he there to do? I mean, this 49ers D-line is supposed to be one of their strengths, but I, I don't know. Every time I watch a game, I feel like they're pretty underwhelming. Their reputation is far above, I think, your actual productiveness. And that's a weird place to be for Kyle Shanahan defense, especially with that linebacker and, those, and that secondary. Maybe I'm overreacting or reading too much into – a single playoff game, but he hasn't done anything since he's been traded. And yet he hasn't done anything damn near since he's been drafted. If you look back at the whole thing, and for somebody who was such a hype player, I I'm ready to label him a fraud. And now that I've said this, watch him come out with three sacks next week. <laughs> it's funny. Cause you talk about the 49ers defense being hyped up and how they're supposed to have all this talent, kind of a commonality with the other team Chase Young was on, which is the Commanders. I feel like every year it would be like, oh, the Commanders have the most talented defensive line in the yep. NFL. And yep. you play them, and they don't do jack shit. And yep. now him and Montez Sweat both got traded away. Montez Sweat was making plays for the Bears. So good, I'm try- if, if one of these guys is the common link on disappointing teams, it seems like it's Chase Young. I completely agree. And it's it's the curse of having, like, a name. You hear Chase Young and you're like, beast. Oh, that's somebody who I'd want to have on my team. But for somebody who was so high and at that level and to go everywhere and not make the impact, maybe he's hurt. Uh, maybe there's something else going on with skiing that doesn't help him or fit him. But for now, I think he's been a 
he's been a pretty big disappointment for his career, which sucks because I really want him to be good. Um, I don't know why I just want him to be good. He, I want him to live up to the name and uh, draft. Great name. Expectations. Chase Young, beast of a deep. Come on, like it would be so. If he was good, it would be perfect. But unfortunately, he sucks. Throw the whole name away. (laughs) Yeah, I. (laughs) It's funny. Legally mandated name change. You go, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny that you say you thought Beast, like when he was traded, even. I kind of just saw him as like a decent pass rusher. Can you guess how many sacks he's had this year? Six. Uh, Based on the way you're talking, I'm going to say four. Two and a half. Bro. (laughs) Two, Two and a half sacks in the regular season. Since he's been drafted in 2020, so that's one, two, three, five seasons, 16 sacks. Think about it. The guy stinks, Ooh. man. The guy stinks. Yeah. He's bad. Like <laughs> it's, it's not it's, good. I mean, there's one year where he was hurt in there, but the, every other year he was pretty healthy. You know, like I, if he can't do it on the 49ers with this much talent around him and this little bit of focus on him. I don't think I don't see him like turning it around um, anytime soon. The other thing about Chase Young is like, do you guys remember like the, the chase for Chase Young, like tank for Chase Young? The Giants, I remember the Giants were playing the Commanders that year. It was like week sixteen or week seventeen, and whoever lost that game was going to get Chase Young. Nat- so naturally, the Giants won. The Giants always beat the fucking Commanders when they like, when they're both tanking. Like it happened again <laughs> this year. The Giants end up getting Andrew Thomas, who's yep. like easily one of the top left tackles in the league, and yep. would much rather have him than fucking Chase Young. So this is a. I just want to point this out as a reminder. I think that draft position is severely overrated. People uh, obsess over fucking tanking, like, way too much. I get it if it's, like, for a quarterback, like, the number one overall pick. Like, yeah, I, If you're I getting get... Joe Burrow, it makes sense. Right. If you're going to be and get Jeff Okuda, then no, don't fucking tank. Yeah. Oh, my God. Jeff Okuda. Yeah, that was the same draft. He went – Yeah. It was, it was Burrow, Chase Young, yep. Jeff Okuda, Andrew Thomas. Yep. And I was yep, like, yep. oh, man, they're not going to get, like, the generational edge rusher or the generational corner cornerback. Like, exactly. And they both have fucking ass. Obviously, we can do this with every draft, but still, I, I'm just so disappointed with him, and I really want him to go off. Um, Mikey, you want to go with your fraud? Yep. My fraud is locked and loaded, and it is one uh, Stefan Diggs. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Don't grunt at me, Cameron. <laughs> Just go. Just say your thing. <laughs> oh, God. Now I'm going to be, like, tiptoeing this whole segment because I know you you got you probably got, like, PFF. You probably subscribed to PFF just to, like, counteract this point or something. No, okay. no. It wasn't even a disagreeing grunt. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> When's the last time Stefan Diggs went for 100 yards receiving? Anyone want to... Take a guess. September? Say week eight. It was week six against none other than the New York Giants, who are coming up way too often in this podcast so far. Since then, he's gone 
And then the playoffs, 7 for 52 against the Steelers, and 3 for 21 against Kansas City yesterday. And I saw some stat also that he's had, like, since week six or some sometime in the middle of the season, he's had, like, twice as many targets as, um, uh, what's his name? Khalil Shakir. Khalil Shakir, right. So he's had, like, twice as many targets and, like, the same amount of yards. And, okay, I'm not just going to, like, throw, like, reception and yard totals at you because I know that there's a lot more that goes on in the game. But when you see the game, I think the biggest fuck-up on the Bills' part was Stefan Diggs not catching that deep ball. And, And, Manny, this is a point you made yesterday, but... You're going to be an alpha wide receiver. You can't be having the deep ball going right through your hands when you got to step on the guy. And the most annoying thing about that play, sorry to interrupt, is that after it, Diggs looks back at Josh Allen and does a little bit like so close thing with his hands, like Josh missed the throw. It's like, bro, he threw it 70 yards right through your hands. It's not his fault. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, it, it was funny. Like, before the game, I was like, oh, like, I feel like Stefan Diggs doesn't really get his name called that often when when I've been watching the Bills recently. And, but I'm like, you know what? They're running the ball. And he's stretching the offense. So, like, he can still be, like, impacting the game. And I believe he still does to an extent, like, he obviously commands attention as such a good route runner and shit. But, yeah. like, when I saw him not pull that ball down, it's like you're not getting targeted that often or you're not making that many catches right now. You got to make that one. Yeah. I And also, I I don't know what you think about this, Cam. Obviously, the you know, you got Dix through the trade with the Vikings that became Justin Jefferson. Have you considered the what if? I never thought about it much until, uh, I guess, right now, because Diggs was incredible. And the line from Bills fans has always been, Jefferson's awesome. Jefferson's, sure, better. But Stephon Diggs has been a top five receiver since that trade. And Diggs came in as a veteran, and he really changed the culture of the team with his, you know, attitude. He has a He goes hard every single practice, every single game. He's up and down the sideline motivating dudes. So until now, I felt good about it. Now that we have, you know, Diggs, it looks like he's lost a step and Justin Jefferson's probably got, you know, eight more years of being incredible or at least five, it's, it feels a little less good. I'm going to zag a little bit. So I, I, I think with the way the bill started this year, when he was playing well, they weren't winning, right? Like, they were six and six uh, during his best stretch of the season. And I'm not saying like his like lower levels of production is what enabled the bills to like go on a run or whatever, but I'm just going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He should have made that play yesterday. And as a wide receiver one, that's the type of play that a Julio Jones or whatever in your prime, like would have easily made and would have easily caught and, you know, turned the game around X, Y, Z. 
but he's also done that a bit in the past. I, I, you know, not as much in the playoffs, I guess, because even against the Chiefs, the 13 second game, he was kind of ass, and it was mostly Gabe Davis. But when you consider, when I look at the way the Bills are structured, if I'm a defense, especially a defense like the Chiefs that has uh, Sneed and all these great corners, and that can take him out of the game. I don't know. I feel like the Bills just need to add another option, and I'll just hope to do it next year and see how he performs. Maybe he was hurt too. I wouldn't let go of him so fast. He was definitely ass yesterday, and he's definitely big time on fraud watch. Like, you know, people are definitely <laughs> um, especially since because he's so public and loud, and his brother's stupid tweet about getting him out of here. Like, you know, whatever happened to the strong silent type, Gary Cooper? He's definitely no Gary Cooper. He's definitely. <laughs> But I'll give him the benefit of the doubt a little bit. If he comes out the the gate next year still sucking and still showing lower levels of production, then there's a real problem. But also, this is why I'm not a GM. I would make the stupid decision to trust him and tie up a big chunk of cap to him and Allen and then watch him suck next year. But there has to you have to attach a meaningful value to what he's given the Bills the last five years. Like, I don't know. If that makes oh, sense. I do. I do. I don't think you can go into next year just expecting him to be an alpha, especially because he's at that age. I mean, he's 30 now. Yeah. So, like, you already have to start expecting, like, him to age out of his prime. I just, like, wouldn't be that comfortable with, yeah, centering the offense around him. I think at the very least you got to get a second option in there. And I know they got, like, a lot of interesting weapons on the team, but it's, like, their tight ends and James Nobody. Cook. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, I <laughs> I wouldn't call him a fraud, uh, just because first of all, it's like if something's happening, he's declining a little bit at age thirty, and I think, you know, a graceful aging doesn't necessarily mean you're a fraud. Um, and I do want to give him a little bit of credit. I think he's probably starting to lose a step, but a couple things have happened. One, there's just been some miscommunications or some issues with Josh, like in the Dolphins game a couple weeks ago. Diggs roasted Jalen Ramsey for what would have been a wide-open 80-yard touchdown, and Josh just missed him with, like, 10 yards of separation downfield. So, in that case, his his last 100-yard game would have been, like, two weeks ago, and the narrative would be slightly different, even though he definitely had a big downturn in production. Um, And I also think you can attribute some of the downturn in production to Joe Brady, our new offensive coordinator. Um, I think Joe Brady had a pretty good year and, you know, I'll talk, I'll get more into him later, but it seems like he probably, his system is a lot more, you know, wide receiver screens and sort of tricky stuff. We ran the lot ball a lot more under Brady and used tight ends more. Dalton Kincaid got more involved. Shakir got more involved. Um, so it's sort of hard for me to hold it against Diggs when, you know, when these games that he wasn't as good, the Bills were really good. The Bills were winning, which uh, you can say, oh, they're better when they're not using him. But it also means he wasn't exactly costing us wins with his performance. You know, he was probably serving his role and taking attention of defenses away from those other guys. And Allen and Brady were just being smart about taking advantage of that. Um, but I think you're right. He's, he's likely starting to lose a step. He was never – he was always <laughs> – He's, uh, um, this term doesn't usually get used for people who look like him, but he was sneaky athletic for most of his career. He's always known as like a, 
a route running guy, but he actually, you know, had surprising deep speed and would beat people deep in a way that you didn't expect because he didn't always turn on the burners. Uh, but that also means he was never a complete straight line burner. And so him starting to lose a step, you see it because it's not like, you know, you take a guy like Tyree Kill, he can lose a step and still be basically the fastest guy in the league. People say sometimes have an idea that speed guys don't age well, but they actually can kind of age well because they were so insane to start off with. Where that leaves us is I think it's a good idea for the Bills to draft a wide receiver in the first or second round this year. We're going to need to be replacing Gabe Davis probably anyway. And Shakir is a really good fit as a long-term slot receiver. So I think you draft a guy this year with the idea that he's the future number one and him and Diggs, you know, allow Diggs to sort of gracefully transition into a second wide receiver slot role for the next couple of years. And one note on his contract, you know, for whatever stuff out there about Diggs kind of maybe wanting to move or his brother pushing for him to move. And also maybe that the Bills might want to move after his performance dropped off this year. They can't move him no matter what. There's like a $28 million dead cap hit, and that would be even if they traded him or anything. So we're going to have another year of him one way or another. So hopefully we can, you know, use him in the way where he can still be productive. But, yeah, I think you're right that the Bills can't expect him to be the same guy he was putting up like 1,200, 1,400 yards a year for the last three seasons before this year. This provides us, I guess, with a good segue to discuss the broader Bills-Chiefs game. One thing I was surprised by was the lack of involvement from Kincaid and even Dawson Knox. I think, I don't know, obviously the Bills came out with a strategy to run the ball and it was working very well. But the second it stopped working and, you know, it was clear that at some point the Chiefs kind of figured something out and all the runs were going for negative yards. I wanted to see the tight ends involved more because I think the Chiefs could be got. You know, the Chiefs linebackers can be gotten. And with Knox and Kincaid, I was just surprised by – some of the route strategies and some of the digs uh, under route is being discussed heavily and, you know, why Josh didn't go there and everything. I, I agree with all the criticisms. I think he should have went to uh, digs on the under. You give Mahomes the ball back with that much time left. I, I think Mahomes, you know, based on the Bills defense and A.J. Klein on Travis Kelsey, I think they were going to score. He definitely should have taken the under route. But despite all of that, I am really surprised at the lack of involvement of Kincaid and Knox. They looked so good against the Steelers, and who knows what happens, and who knows, I mean, who knows why they didn't get more targets and more looks. But I think the Bills have a really good tight end set, and they should utilize that a bit more to take the pressure off of other areas of the field. And I thought they were going to do it, and they didn't. Yeah, it's a weird thing yesterday because the Bills ultimately had a good offensive game, put up you know, a good amount of points and yards against what was a really strong Chiefs defense all year round. But if you look at Josh Allen's passing chart from the game, it's shocking. And it's one he's never had before, which is like 20 of his pass attempts were behind the line of scrimmage. And to the credit of the game plan, those ones, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he was a lot more effective on those throws behind the line of scrimmage. They were sunk in them. I felt like every play was like eight yards. Like it was... Yeah, so I feel like that game plan was effective and the Chiefs were were just covering things up well downfield, but there's an argument to be made that Joe Brady is a weird offensive coordinator fit with Josh Allen because Joe Brady is almost like a Kyle Shanahan, Mike McDaniel type where he's kind of taking the ball out of Josh's hands a little bit with all the wide receivers, all the short passes and 
you know, focus on the running game and sort of tricking the defense. Whereas, yeah. you know, Josh Allen, he can fucking sling it. We all know he can sling it. Um, and maybe it's good to curve some of the turnover risk, but it's like you kind of want, you know, the best version of a Josh Allen offense is usually going to involve him dropping back and letting loose a lot more bombs, which there were some deep throws yesterday, but a lot of those like intermediate area lasers that Josh is known for where he somehow like pins it on a guy 15 yards down the field on the sideline through some crazy window. Um, so that's a question to watch going forward. Um, and we'll see, I don't know, this is debate because Joe Brady was still the interim offensive coordinator this year over whether they bring him back. And, uh, I kind of think they will because the bills tend to be pretty conservative and he had the offense was good under him, but there's some concern there. Yeah, no, those are definitely all good points. Allen was trying to do too much a little bit with the Dorsey offense uh, earlier in the season, and obviously the record wasn't what people wanted it to be, and he was, you know, the turnover problem was pretty bad. And then at the same time, it's the Bills' ceiling is definitely with the ball in Allen's hands and him slinging it around a bit, but the, the floor is just so bad sometimes that I kind of understand. Like, let's limit the mistakes against Mahomes, who's a terminator. Uh, we'll get to him soon. He's I think Mahomes is the greatest quarterback I've ever seen in my own two eyes. How much does Matt, a healthy Matt Milano change this game? I think the Bills win the game with him, man. It's it's like <laughs> tough to say because Mahomes is cooking, and yeah. it feels like there's always a but or like a reason the Bills could have won, but they were cooking the Bills in that exact part of the field. That was the whole game plan was to cook the linebackers, and – like Matt Milano is, is literally playing like the best linebacker in the league or at least top three. And he's the guy who would have been, you know, covering Kelsey more often and handling those Mahomes scrambles. That's exactly what I'm thinking. But at the same time, like you can't count on him to be healthy again next year, right? Like coming back from a serious injury like he has, um, we've seen sometimes guys come back and they're really good and sometimes they come back like von miller this year and get paid you know like four million dollars per tackle for the entire season playing wow. almost the entire season yeah yeah that was also so, bad i don't think I mean, Matt milano could come back that bad but it might be too much to expect him to play at the level he was before he got hurt this upcoming season maybe in another year he, should, he can get back up there man how good is my homes man like I was watching that game, and he's so fucking inevitable. Like, inevitable. Like, every little decision that needs to go, he's going to find a space when he needs to find it. He's going to – somebody's going to get open, and MVS is going to make a catch. He's been missing all year when he needs to make it. And this team is so automatic sometimes that I was like w – watching that game, I was like, man, it got to suck being Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer right now because you're like – you're just – your head is just spinning on off on defense. Like – they're getting big, you know, 15-yard chunky, chunky passes off to Kelsey and to these shitty receivers that you're supposed to have in Rice and XYZ and all the way down the field guaranteed every single time. And if it wasn't for that fumble through the end zone, this could have been well, this could have been a 17-point loss for the Bills. You know, like it's it's really yeah. something to behold. I, I, I think he's the best ever, man. I know Brady's Brady. Brady's Brady and I maybe I'm like forgetting how much he already ripped. He broke my heart uh, throughout his career, but watching Mahomes just feels a little better. He just feels a little better than anything I've ever seen. I feel like Brady is still the guy I would want if I had to have, and it's still it's even close here. But if I had to have one drive at the end of the game to win it, 
would take mm-hmm. Brady still. But for the rest of the game, like Mahomes in those big games, he just dials it in the entire time. And he's never had, you know, Brady, how many years did the defense lock it down for him? Where Belichick yeah. held, you know, they held the Rams to three points in a Super Bowl. Some In some of those years in between, they weren't doing that, but early in his career too. And Mahomes seems like he might be on his way to winning, if not six Super Bowls. I wouldn't bet against him getting four or five. And so similar level of Super Bowls where he's the one carrying the team every single year. He's, yep. he's on the GOAT trajectory right now. Something's going to have to go wrong for him to not get there for me. If he wins this week, I, I think he's firmly second. If he goes to a Super Bowl with his team, I don't care what happens to the Super If he wins this week, I think he's second all time firmly. Well, wait, let, let's make a distinction because, like, I feel like there's a difference between, like, greatest quarterback and best quarterback. And as I feel like most talent, like, best is in terms of, like, just, like, pure, like, on-field ability versus, like, greatest meaning, like, most accomplished. Best, like, on-field ability, to me, it's, like, it's not even a comparison. Like, Mahomes is better than Brady. And there's really nobody else, like Rodgers or whatever, that's Mahomes and everyone else. Yeah, in terms of, like, to be, like, GOAT, yeah, Mahomes probably has to get a few more Super Bowl rings, you know, a lot more deep playoff runs. I mean, just to come close to the level of just, like, pure playoff accomplishment that goes with all the MVPs and regular season success and all that. I want to defend Brady a little bit. I think, you know, Mahomes can obviously do a lot of things that Brady could never do, but... I think Brady was doing some things Mahomes couldn't do too. I think just the level of like perfection that Brady was, which Mahomes gets close to too, but Brady would just pick you apart like every single play whenever he needed to. And it was, it was inevitable. I don't know. And then he was going up against, I feel like, you know, in a different era that was tougher to play offensive football in and some of the greatest defenses of all time, he came through. And so I think, you know, Mahomes, Again, I still say we'll likely end up being the GOAT, but I think Brady, in terms of just, like, his ability to, all like, read the game and make the perfectly accurate throw every time was able to get to a similar level, um, even though he didn't have the, like, escapability and, you know, crazy off-platform throw stuff that Mahomes can do. I think Mahomes is the most talented I've ever seen. Um, I think he's a notch above Rodgers. Um, he's a not he's a notch above Brady. He's a notch about above Manning in terms of just the types of throws, the windows, the pockets, his ability to find space X Y Z. Brady's still the greatest. Uh, it's gonna take a while. I, I, Mahomes is definitely on the path, but until he gets there, I'm not gonna say he's. You know, that's why I have him firmly second. That first position is solidified. With Mahomes, the the, the thing is. As long as he's there, even when they lose Kelsey, as long as he's behind the pocket, this team is just going to win the AFC West and get to the AFC Championship every single year. And that's a Brady-esque thing. But if you take that on top of the talent gap between him and everybody else, in my opinion, it just becomes – it's a little overwhelming. Like, Brady was not as above his competition as much as Mahomes Mahomes is above his, if that makes sense. I there are years where I definitely I mean as a Colts fan I definitely thought Peyton Manning was better for like a decade. I thought there were years where Rodgers were better was better. Like 
you cannot make a plausible argument for anybody but Mahomes in the last four years. Brady had competition, Mahomes doesn't, and that may speak to weaker competition for uh, Mahomes, but I don't know if it does. I think he's just that good that somebody like Burrow, Allen, Lamar, all the Herbert, all these other quarterbacks just they just don't compare in every single way. He can pass better than them. He can find space better than them. He's probably he's smarter than them. He takes the ball better than them. He reads defenses better than them. Like, there's not a single – I mean, he can't run as good as Lamar or Allen, but he can run damn near as good as anybody else. Like, there's not a single trait. He's like a bullshit 99 overall quarterback. You make it mad and just to, you know, bully the teams. <laughs> to get out. He, it, it really is something to watch. And we'll see um, what he does against the Ravens, but – it's getting it's getting crazy. It's getting LeBron esque. Also, Kelsey showing up <laughs> is so funny. Like it's like, oh, maybe he's washed. Like, like you know, why couldn't Diggs do that? It's it's a that's got to be a little. <sighs> <frustrating>. oh. <laughs> Kelsey and MVS man, like just yeah. fuck me, absolutely, like uh, fuck me. What? Yeah. Ah, it's so it's so 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 frustrating. I can't even put words to it. I can't lie. That Sean McDermott, DeMar Hamlin play is the most crackheady thing I've ever seen a head coach do, bro. That shit was, he, he really, like, bro, what the hell was that? He was like, oh, I'm about to do some shit. He, you, you could tell in his head he was like, this is where I make my legend, you know? <laughs> like, he kind of thinking this is, you know, when people think of Sean McDermott, they're going to think of when I brought back the guy who died last year and he got us a <laughs> <laughs> on the fourth down and everybody watching it like the second it started you're like oh my god this is not the bills just are i don't know that it was is a type of decision that like you only make out of desperation and sheer stupidity and that's a terrible combination for a head coach to have if i'm the bills gm or owner i'm i'm getting rid of that bald-headed prick like i really am <laughs> <laughs> the sorry for the it was a stupid ass play, man. It was so dumb. What was the point of that? If you're gonna go for it on fourth, I'm not giving it to Demar Hamlin. He's not a running back. He's 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 a special teams backup. What, bro? First off, <laughs> it's so funny. Like we can't even flame the Bills like we can other teams. Like if you call any 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 other coach a bald headed prick, Cameron's laughing right along. But as soon as it's Sean McDermott, he's like, hey, 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 that's hey, family there. Oh, he, he turns into a soprano side factor. <laughs> he's a great man. Oh. You have no idea what he's done for the city of Buffalo. <laughs> Soccer moves. <laughs> In this uh, household, we respect Sean Dermott. Sean McDermott. End, End of the story. fucking story. Oh, but, yo, oh, the second point I want to make is that that shit would have been corny if it was in a fucking movie. Imagine yeah. you were watching a movie. The guy dies. He comes back the next season in the playoffs. They cook up a fake punt for him. I would shut that shit off so fucking quick. He definitely watched the worst movie of all time, Rudy, before doing that shit. And Bro, Rudy's he's getting, that shit he's getting that his inspiration like from the 9-11 attacks and yeah. shitty sports movies. Definitely a Muhammad Atta level play right there. That, that... <laughs> Listen, Devon Hamlin was supposed to die on that one. That was a suicide attack. <laughs> Literally. 
<laughs> that's what you know he was thinking of ways to do it okay Bro. but let me give a quick defense of the play if dan campbell does that shit and it works you know we're all we're all busting our nuts and second of all there were 10 defenders on the field the chiefs had 10 guys on the field so like i can see the logic behind it if they why give it to demore hamlin is he the best fucking guy you have like like i that part still does not make sense to me. Yeah, it doesn't make very much sense. And he's not good at football, <laughs> well, even at the position he plays. Yeah. Do you not have anybody faster, stronger, can make a cut, knows how to play football, you know? Well, but you got to disguise the play. He's a core special teamer on the team. So that you're not letting on what you're doing if you have him there is the case for it. But I'll – listen, when I saw the play – get started i had the same reaction that you guys had i was like this shit is not working this the bills just don't run fake punts we haven't run a fake punt in like five years yeah. so i feel like it's a thing it was it was getting a little too cute and it's like it's also the kind of thing dan cable runs that because his quarterback is jared goff and you know maybe mm-hmm. my jared goff hates well established he's having a good year he's, he had a good week but josh can create a good play in like five different ways so when you got a quarterback like that and an offense that was humming the way ours mostly was i, I think you're right you got to put it in his hands yeah bro between andy reed giving the ball to Nicole hardman at the goal line and this damar hamlin you know fake punt are, are, are these coaches just like eating snow that's like riddled with brain eating worms or some shit like like what's in the fucking food in buffalo Sorry to keep flaming your your uh, hometown, but my God. Yeah, uh, delicious, delicious fats, saturated fats, trans fats. They still got trans fats in Buffalo, actually, so maybe it's that. <laughs> it's the only, only place it's not banned. If they pulled up to Mighty Taco, that wouldn't be a problem. Mm. Oh, God, I need some food. Oh, one thing I do want to shout out before we move on. Chris Jones, man, that's a fucking baller. You know, that play where we alluded to it before where Stefan Diggs was open on the crossing route and yeah yeah Shakir was open in the end zone right Allen just got like hit because Chris Jones just pushed Dawkins into Allen and the biggest play of the game and I didn't hate the decision by Allen I mean the guy was becoming coming fucking open and that's a throw that Josh Allen makes and his throw just got affected by a top level pass rusher making a top level play. And it's just like special to kind of see that happen. Um, It's not the first time that Chris Jones has made like a big play in a big playoff moment either. So feels like he gets a little like underappreciated, especially because of like how many stars the Chiefs have had throughout the years and the defense has never really been the focal point, but that's a big reason why they came out with that win. Well, yeah, uh, he's a, he's literally, and he's not even a defensive end. He is a defensive tackle lined up on the edge on that play, beating Deion Dawkins, who was one of the best left tackles of, in the league this year, had a career year borderline all pro uh, well, let me just get one last thing, which is the, the Bills' outlook from here. People love to say, oh, this was the year. It's all over. 
pews are 47 million over the cap pews. the most annoying thing that people were tweeting was they were they tweeted like a list of the bills upcoming free agents and they're like oh my god look how long this list is the bills are fucked read the names of the players almost all of them suck you know the build yeah. is going to get a little bit tougher with josh allen's contract getting a lot more having higher cap hits now for the first time it's going to going from like 18 million to 47 million this upcoming year so don't get me wrong, the build's going to get tougher, but the Bills are not fucked. They've got a lot of young talent. The Chiefs have been able to survive, you know, paying Mahomes and bringing in new talent for years now. So this, these sort of narratives that, like, this was the year, like, it, all that stuff, I think is nonsense. You know, the Bills are going to be fine. They're probably going to be in about the same place next year and maybe losing the same way, but at least I don't think they'll be significantly worse especially with guys coming back from injury like matt milano and tredavious white yeah i think the bills as long as they have allen they're gonna be fine man this year people thought they weren't going to make the playoffs like i i think you know talks of your demise or this being the last year of the window obviously i i the, the window exists as long as allen is good it's it's yeah. a little it's a little weird, you know, how quick people are to bury them though. Like they haven't shown it in the playoffs yet, so I understand. It's what it is. I'm so, I'm actually gonna make one more here. Uh, we're just we're just gonna sit here for two more hours and talk about the Bills. There's a comparison that I saw online to to baseball and calling the Bills like the Yankees in comparison to the Chiefs being like the Astros. And the Yankees always run to Astros in the playoffs, and they always lose. And I feel like that comparison is apt for many reasons. One of them is that the Astros are just always a little bit fucking better than the Yankees. And that's – it's like every year that they play in the playoffs, that's just been the situation. And the Yankees are just losing to a team that's a little bit better. And this felt like the first year where the Bills, they had the home field advantage – they they felt like they were a little bit better um, because Kansas City had a lot of trouble in the regular season. And the Bills were hot going into the playoffs. But given all the defensive injuries, I think it's reasonable to say the Bills were maybe a little bit in worse position to win this game. How much shame is there in, like, just losing to the team of the era? a few times in the playoffs. Like, it sucks. Don't get me wrong. And it sucked as yeah. a Yankees fan that, like, the Yankees have lost three times to the Astros in the in the ALCS. And it's like, statistically, I expect them to get over the hump at some point. Statistically, I do expect the Bills at some point will break through. You know, Josh Allen's going to have a long fucking career. Uh, it took Peyton Manning a really long time to break through, right? He was yep. 31 years old. Yeah. I have a Matt Milano is the Bills Bob Sanders. Ooh. Yep. Think about Explain. it. Just let, just, just let so Bob Sanders is the 2006 Colts, probably the one of the bottom five defenses in the league that year. And you know, like most of the Peyton years, and everybody's expecting the Colts to fold again in the playoffs because everything rests on Peyton and the offense, and it's just easy for teams to scheme against them in the playoffs. Bob Sanders becomes healthy at uh, the end of the 2006 season for one last playoff run. The Colts' run defense, I think, goes from worst in the league to best in the league in the playoffs. Damn. Uh, 
and the Colts win the Super Bowl that year. And Peyton Manning threw more picks than touchdowns during that whole run, and it did not matter. You know, that's the one year the Colts had a defense show up in the playoffs, and they won the Super Bowl. So Matt Milano is the Bills' Bob Sanders. That's my theory. We'll see if it applies next year. Just keep that in mind. If it happens, you heard it here first, folks. Please, God, give it to me. Let it play out that way. There's no way Trey White and Bob San- uh, and Bob San- There's no way Trey White and Matt Milano were watching that game like and not pissed. Can you imagine being them, watching AJ Klein get cooked over and over again? Oh. Like, if you're if you're Trey White watching that game, what are you thinking? Like, well, what that shit when I get back? Yeah, no, you're probably pissed as well. You're like, wow, like I really, you know, you got to be pissed. Like, you have to be. So we'll see. God, shout out! Very, we got to get off the Bills game, but AJ Klein, man, he was literally packing his RV with his family to like go on a road trip when the Bills signed him midweek. I think before the Steelers game, he was out of football, out of the league, and the Bills yeah. were playing him against Patrick Mahomes in the yep. divisional round with our Super Bowl hopes on the line. <sighs> Wow, this is the first time I can earnestly say, go be a family man. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was trying to be. <laughs> Bro, this is what I thought I was out. They pulled me back in. Yeah. John McDermott was calling him like the Green Goblin mask, so. <laughs> oh, remember when like Brady just like hated his family so much? He's like, I'm going back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> <laughs> Was that before or after the divorce? I, I would say it was uh, synchronous with the divorce. Maybe being a family man isn't all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> you were just texting in the group. You were like, maybe I got to go focus on starting a family. You know, this, uh, watching the Bills lose every year is going to draw me to finding a wife and kids. <laughs> that's what's gonna happen i'm gonna get married i'm gonna have a kid and then i'm gonna drop my tweet like i'm coming back one more year bill's fandom next thing you know <laughs> i'm divorced i'm paying child support cameron this uh-huh. is a half last point this is a half humorous question do you have any resentment towards your dad for getting you in this <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, I know you don't, but it, I just thought it was funny. Because I, sometimes <laughs> yeah. I think about that, I'm like, am I going to really pass on these cancerous teams to, you know, like, because I'm, I'm going to watch the heat till the day I die. And, uh, anyway. Well, the heat are not cancers. The heat are like, they're not. They're not. Really frustrating. I, I, I'm being a bitch. They're just very frustrating. You you game. are low key. Yeah. I, like, I could be, I it's could, like I Lakers, could... Celtics, and then Heat. Like, I could say the same. I mean, all right, this is very obscure. The Ghana national soccer team today, for a chance, there's an African Cup of Nations, um, and they had a chance to move into the round of 16 to the next round. They were up two nothing with at the 90 minute mark, and in soccer, the 90 minute mark is pretty much the end of the game. There's a you know, and they gave them five minutes of extra time. Ghana ended up tying two two and not moving on. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's uh, it's it, it, and sometimes I'm like. Why am I watching this team? Oh, my dad likes them, and that's you know that's where that comes from. I'm like, what you know? What if I just didn't care? Um, it's okay. Man. 
Yeah, to answer your question, I've never resented him for that before, but I'm already pretty experienced in, you know, resenting him for yeah. making me the way that I am today. So I'm just going to add this one to the list. <laughs> one day we'll have an episode where we go through parental traumas. It's coming soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's our pivot. We get you in with the sports and then we take you very deep. <laughs> well, the least trusted you. names in family therapy. <laughs> yeah, we just need a Dr. Melfi. <laughs> I do need a Dr. Melfi, but not for the reason you said. Oh, brother. Oh, that, that's top five. <laughs> oh, you know the scene uh, in Goodfellas? You know the scene in Goodfellas when she has the gun over Henry Hill when he wakes up? I dream yes. of that. Yes. I mm. dream of that. I need that. It's my... I, I, if I could wake up and have Larry Bracco with a gun to my forehead, I'll, that's when I know I'm in heaven. All right. Next, we finally get off the Bills talk. Uh, let's talk about Ravens Chiefs. This game is this is this is a hell of a game. Um, I the Ravens defense is obviously the talk of a town. There's no basis for this belief, but deep down, I'm really scared the Chiefs are just gonna run like just go crazy on them and I don't know why like I don't know why I the Ravens defense is not sh- given any sign of like bending or breaking all year and yet I'm Mahomes is coming in that building and he's just, I, I'm afraid he's gonna leave with like Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith's souls in his hands you know I, I I don't know why I feel that way because I mean obviously we've seen Mahomes do Mahomes things in the past but this Ravens defense is not, it's not like they've given they had like a bad game they haven't had a bad game in since like September, like, you know, but if this defense does show up, like they have been showing up, we're in for a really good game. Lamar, the pressure on Lamar is definitely pretty high in this game. But at the same time, I think. Does it feel weird to say that he's not the biggest factor for the Ravens win or am I, am I getting to, am I just being dumb? Well, what is, I would say your defense showing up. Um, that's how they've won most of these games. Uh, with obviously the offense is much better. They can pass the ball a lot better now. But when I think of this game, I just the angle to me is can the Ravens defense stop Mahomes and not can Lamar beat the Chiefs defense? Does that make sense? I don't know. I think that makes sense. It's just we'll see. I mean, the thing about Mahomes is that he's Mahomes. You know, you were saying I don't know. You don't know why you have this feeling, but you're, like, scared of the Chiefs and Mahomes. And it's like, he's fucking Mahomes. He does it every time. We've literally never seen him not do it in the playoffs. Even when he's lost in the playoffs, like, he's, he, never he never folds. Well, actually, okay, second half of the game against the Bengals, that one time he folded. But Wasn't he hurt? General, no. I don't remember him being hurt. Yeah, maybe I'm misremembering. I, I remember there being a good excuse, but <laughs> let me not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Ravens defense is awesome, but we the Browns defense was supposed to be incredible, and we saw C.J. Stroud shred them. So the idea of Mahomes shredding this Ravens defense is not far-fetched. And I feel like there's a decent chance that, you know, to beat Mahomes in a super, in a playoff game you just have to go toe-to-toe with him with at quarterback with your offense you know the Ravens defense has a better chance of slowing him down than the Bills did but I do think Lamar is gonna have to make a good few special plays in order to win this game I think the key is actually the other the other matchup like Lamar against the Chiefs defense maybe agreeing with Cameron here I'm actually very confident 
in the Ravens' defense. I think they're going to – as amazing as that performance was against the Bills, a lot of it was kind of like blown coverage, missed tackles. Like that Kelsey touchdown was like wide open. Yeah, Mahomes still played great and looked like about as good as he's ever looked to me. But I think he was also getting a lot that he's just not going to fucking get against the Ravens. And so I think the Chiefs are going to be kind of like low 20s in point total. And can the, can the Ravens get past that? I think they can. It's going to take like one or two special drives with Lamar at the helm. You guys definitely make some good points. And I also have to consider that Harbaugh versus Reed is much closer than McDermott versus Reed. Um, I think Harbaugh probably won't make, won't, you know, do a fake punt with his special teams. Um, whatever. Like, I, he's just not going to make weird choices. And I think he, he's probably a little quicker with adjustments and stuff like that. And that, that can definitely even out the game a bit more. Um, the Ravens physicality is definitely pretty powerful and they could just outrun and outpower the chiefs um which is weird to say with a defense with chris jones with chris jones on it so the ravens can get andrews back this week right Mm -hmm. those have been the reports and i think that's really important because with likely coming out the way he has um if they get andrews likely flowers odell even shitty nelson Aguilar, like that's a more potent receiving unit than the Bills receiving unit is as a whole. So that, mm-hmm. you know, it has a chance to stretch out the defense a bit. And then the Ravens running game, as good as the Bills, as good as the Bills were running the ball, I think the Ravens have a better, better running game. Lamar is probably, you know, is a better, he's definitely a better runner than Allen. I think they have better running backs. If you're the Ravens right now watching how the Bills ran the ball on the Chiefs, I think it gives you a lot of confidence uh, given your own line and your run game. So we'll see. I'm changing my mind while talking, but I'm going to pick – I'm picking Mahomes, man. I'm not picking against the motherfucker. <laughs> I'm picking Mahomes. I'm just not picking against him. Wow. All that talk, like Ravens are good at this, Ravens are good at that. Yep. In the end. And I, yeah. I just can't – I'm like, how can the Chiefs win? Uh, they have – Mahomes is going to do some bullshit, man. I don't know. <laughs> That's some GOAT-level stuff. Yeah. Yes, it is. your pick, Cameron. All right, wait. Before I give my pick, who would be the funniest player the Ravens could give the ball on a fake punt? Oh, man, that's a great question. Aguilar would be pretty funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> given the weapons they have. Um, Odell would be kind of funny, too. Because, <laughs> you know, if Odell gets there, some goofy shit is going to happen. <laughs> like, that would be pretty funny. Dalvin Cook, they have a good, they have a lot of options. Uh, Dalvin Cook would be funny. Um, I think if Odell gets it, that would be like a smart decision. Actually, I trust Odell on that. Yeah, situation. it would be a smart decision, but the dance that's gonna come after he inev- he ne- inevitably gets it, it will be funny. It would just be, you know, <laughs> he's, gonna, he's gonna take off his helmet and throw his uh, shin guard in the air or something. He's gonna do something ridiculous. Dalvin Cook would be funny. I think Dalvin Cook may be my pick after the season he's had. Michael, you got a pick? Well, Manny names like half the roster over here. You can yeah. still pick those guys. I, I didn't name any defensive players, so. I think my pick is Aguilar. I think Aguilar would be so funny. He's just one of the funniest players in the league to me forever after that video. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. You know, the catching babies video for anyone. Yeah, yeah. If anyone's not familiar, go Google Nelson Aguilar catching babies on YouTube right now. I'll go with uh, Justin Tucker just because, like, he's like the most <laughs> beloved kicker of all time. Yeah. Um, which, like, I don't even know if that's, like, something you can wear with pride. But, like, he is the GOAT for his position. And. <laughs> And he only does that one thing. Like, imagine if he, like, successfully converted a fake punt. I feel like people will just, I feel like they'll just, like, start dreaming on Dustin Tucker's athletic abilities from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the dick riding with him is already pretty high. If he converted on a fake punt, it would be, it would reach uh, astronomical. Doing tricks on it. Yeah, gagging on it. It would be really bad. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hold on. All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> what you're not allowed to say gagging on the dick now what's going <laughs> what's going on here there are children listening you know we've got plenty of small children fans oh oh i'm sorry i'm sorry to all the young people on here please ignore hey, me hey i put i put the explicit rating when i post on spotify so this is just yeah. parental neglect at this point <laughs> letting your kids listen to us degenerates yeah yeah, you, hey, this is a message to the parents out there. You're losing control. You better start fucking paying attention to what your kids are watching. Put in, put in on the YouTube and the TikTok. You never know what you'll find. You might hear about Justin Tucker getting deep throated. <laughs> All right, so we got now we got a. You know, parental like therapy is a topic for our pod. We got a little bit of a life advice, uh, general culture takes. I like it. I like it. I feel like Justin Tucker is a fun one. I think let's say it's a f- fake field goal since he that's why he would be in the game. You know, a fake. I could actually see a Justin Tucker fake field goal running for a touchdown being like an iconic playoff play. Yeah, <laughs> to tap off his career like and give him that one signature moment. For a Hall of Fame career, that'd be awesome. Leading into my pick for the game, I'm going to keep betting against Mahomes, I guess. But I I think the Ravens are are just a really good team overall. You know, they're significantly better than the Bills. um, And this is a fun one because we do not have much history between Lamar and Mahomes and the Ravens and the Chiefs. They haven't really run into each other much. They, I don't think they've ever run into each other in the playoffs. This is sort of a, as me and Manny are law students, this is, this is a matter of fresh impression, as we like to say, in the legal field. <laughs> and um, I feel like it's kind of a helpful dynamic for the Ravens to actually have this be like a, a, a not having a big history of losing to Mahomes and the Chiefs like the Bills have and like other teams have. Because it just doesn't get in your head as much. And I think John Harbaugh has that sort of Tom Coughlin quality where Tom Coughlin always had the Giants ready to play the Patriots and not being afraid of them during those championship years. And I think the Ravens will have some of that attitude this week. I, I think, you know, they're, they don't have as much reason to be scared of Mahomes as other teams. And I think they'll come out confident and ready to win. And just they're just a better team. So I'm going to go with them. Yeah. I sat at the end of that game yesterday. I was like, I don't know if I can pick against Mahomes, but I'm going to do it. I think the Ravens are just the best team in the league right now. And they're 
pretty well built to beat the Chiefs. Um, they're just so well rounded. That defense doesn't really have any weaknesses. And we made the point about the Texans chewing apart the Browns defense. Well, they got shut down by the Ravens just the, the, the next week. It's not Mahomes, but it's the quarterback that we think highly of. And they put up 10 points against that defense. I'll even pick the Ravens in the spread. It's three and a half. Ooh. I think there's a chance this game is like, you know, a touchdown or more difference in favor of the Ravens. I don't see the I don't see Kansas City blowing out the Ravens. I, I see them possibly winning, but you know, obviously uh, that's always a possibility with Mahomes. But I think whoever wins this game also wins the Super Bowl, um, unless I'm unless something unforeseen happens. Cam. As a Bills fan, would you rather the Ravens win and knock out the Chiefs, or would you rather the Chiefs win and it's like nobody else can stop them either? You know, I've been wrestling with this one. I've been laying awake at night, the the one night that I knew that this was going to be the game, <laughs> and it's a tough one. You you hit it. You hit the dynamic on the head. You know, I I fucking hate Mahomes and the Chiefs and want them to lose, but if Lamar and the Ravens beat Mahomes and the Chiefs, then now Lamar and Burrow both have beaten Mahomes in the playoffs, and the Bills still haven't. Yeah. Uh, with all that being said, I think in my heart, I just love to see Mahomes lose. And it, I do like Lamar, and it'll be fun to see him get one. So I'm, I'm hoping the Chiefs are going to lose. I just Ultimately, like Mahomes still feels like Allen's direct rival, even though Mahomes is you know better and has won more. And I'm still hoping for sort of a... Peyton Manning Brady dynamic where Allen starts to get pile up some more wins later in his career, and it would be helpful for that cause if Mahomes doesn't pile up like five Super Bowls in his first eight seasons. And provides a good transition to 49ers Lions um, because for me, I the team I want to win is one of these teams. Uh, I would really want to see either the 49ers or Lions win. Um, I'll explain first the 49ers. I think Shanahan is a genius, man. I, I just – I think he's pound for pound the best coach in the NFL right now, better than Andy Reid. I just really – I want to see him – I want to just see him get the ring. I want to see him get the crown. I want to see him be solidified. Doing all of this without the quarterback of the future, in my opinion, because I think Purdy is still pretty limited, um, as we saw uh, last week. If Shanahan wins this, and obviously that Christian McCaffrey trade will be a big reason why, but if he wins this with the team he's built and the way he's coached and the way he's – it just feels right. It will feel weird for this 49ers, for this iteration of the 49ers to not have one, in my opinion. Last year should have been theirs, and last year's team was probably better than this year's teams, this year's team, but I I just like the 49ers. I like watching them play football. I love Trent Williams. I Warner, I just like your team and everybody except for Bosa, pretty much the racist fuck, but whatever. I, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll whatever. You, you take the good with the bad. I just want to see Shanahan get one, man. He, he's the he's the chief of all these damn other coaches. He's the one who brought in, I mean, he's like the king of the LaFleurs and the McVeighs and the McDanielses. And it feels weird that he's not, I feel like he still doesn't get the credit he deserves. Every year, as long as you're not too banged up, he puts together a hell of a team, man, with Jimmy G and XYZ. I also want to see Kittle get one. I don't know. I just – I wouldn't be mad if they got one. And I also definitely wouldn't be mad if the Lions get 
for that one. That would be the sweetest story in all of the NFL. If the Lions won the Super Bowl with, I know Cameron, you're you know you probably see them because that would mean Jared Goff is not bad. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> it would just be a cool story. Like Dan Campbell, our our last true remaining crackhead, I guess one of the true remaining crackhead coaches we have in the league, getting one um, in a way that yeah, I was gonna say maybe not the last. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, when the second I said that, I was like, "Oh, that's very wrong." Jeez. Um, but getting one in a way that kind of validates his whole strategy and validates that you don't have to. You can look outside the box for a coach, and you can kind of you can draft Jameer Gibbs in the first round, and you can build and you can really build through rookies. If you look at this team with uh, Laporta, Gibbs, Hutchinson, the job they've done is amazing. Uh, Brad Holmes is a black GM, and it would just be. Seeing a black GM put together this fucking team with just draft picks and just smart team building and them coming out and winning it would be pretty sweet. Um, that would be pretty awesome. And I, it's also something I can root for. So for this game, it's all gravy for me. Um, I don't know if I ha- if one set of rooted interests is stronger than the other, but I'd rather any of these teams are the Ravens or, or Ravens or Chiefs, in my opinion. So um as to what I think is going to happen this game, I think the 49ers are going to win. I think um, they – last week they didn't look that good. Purdy made some pretty awful throws, and he did not look ready at all to be a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. But I think they cleaned it up this week. There, there seems to be a little bit of rust there, and maybe I'm being too optimistic, and maybe that's just Purdy being his natural level, and he's going to do it, the same thing again this week. But – I'm hoping it's just rust from the bye week. I, I, I'm, I think the defense is going to look a bit better. You know, I talked a lot of shit about Chase Young, and I think he sucks, but that D line theoretically should still be able to get pressure on Golf and the Niner and the Lions defense is not as good. So I'm picking the 49ers, but if they come out with a lethargic performance like they did last week, even though they managed to squeeze out the win, the Lions could easily take their lunch money and uh, end up going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, this is a funny game. You said I was going to be mad if Goff wins. Let me just clarify. I don't hate Goff. I just think he's not that good. But in this game, he's the better quarterback. Yeah. Undoubtedly for me. Like He's actually, I was mm-hmm. listing it out the other day, and I decided, I think right now I, I have Jared Goff as like the number 11 quarterback in the NFL. So, you know, just outside of the top 10, probably the best of the game manager guys. And Purdy, he's a lot lower. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. He's made some nice throws, but I I just don't like him, and I feel like he's another one of these guys that Kyle Shanahan just elevates like crazy. So I think Goff, if they can keep the script clean, can really keep the Lions in this game. Mm. And I don't think the 49ers defense is so good that they're going to be able to mess up the Lions' flow that much. I don't think the 49ers defense is that much better than the Bucks defense, who the Lions pretty convincingly carved up last week. Um, on the other hand, I don't think the Lions defense can really stop the 49ers either or Kyle Shanahan and all those weapons. So I think we're in for a shootout in this one. And in a shootout, I'm going to lean towards Kyle Shanahan and just that incredible team that he's built over the last few years that you've talked about where that the 49ers are just a wagon, man. And it's going to take yeah. a really complete team to beat them and expose the big flaw that I think is Purdy and I don't think the Lions are quite there yet even though they're they've had a really great year and they're an exciting team bro the over under for this game is 51 
Ooh. Mm, tasty. Really? Well, wow. I kind of see it. It's going to be a lot of points scored, at least by the 49ers. You know, probably a decent bunch by the Lions as well. You know, it's it's really funny, I guess, like, before getting into it more, we were, just because we were talking about sports fandom, fandom before, I was on the way back from AC yesterday, so I was listening to the Lions game, the, like, the second half of the Lions game on the radio, and after they made that interception, which which basically, like, sealed the game... And the announcer was doing this this whole call about, like, it's been 30-whatever years since they've made it to the NFC Championship game. And he was saying, like, with every minute that ticks down, it's another minute that they're closer to the game. And, like, generations of pain are being released with every tick of the clock. And <laughs> the way he was announcing it, I literally – I started, like, tearing up a little bit. Like yeah. – I'm I'm a little bit like sappy, I'll admit. I was also tearing up this morning to like a Patrick Ewing like appreciation post. I I am way too young to have ever watched that man play, but it was beautiful. <laughs> you, you you saw good footwork and you're like, oh man. <laughs> no no no, it wasn't even, <laughs> it wasn't even that. It was he was coming back to the garden as like a trailblazer, and they were like they were showing a montage of him. <laughs> Uh, that was really funny though um (laughs) anyway yeah i was like i can't be i can't be too mad if the lions keep winning like this is actually pretty special for their fan base and i don't really have a lot of confidence in purdy either i think he's like the 15th best quarterback in the league which you get crucified for saying because how can you win that many games with such a bad quarterback or such a mid quarterback? Did has anybody ever watched the 49ers before? Like before Purdy existed? Are you fucking serious? Yeah, uh, we just did this with Garoppolo. They almost beat the Chiefs in that Super Bowl with Jimmy G missing throws left and right, man. Bro. Why My doesn't Shannon get more respect? Like I know he gets a lot of respect, but it does if is it just am I like crazy? It still feels like it's not enough. I feel like I still hear more praise from McVeigh and Lafleur and even McDaniel. And that, I mean, obviously Andy Reid is a legend, so he's one of the best of all time. I'm not talking about like the Andy Reid and the Belichicks. I'm talking about like the people who still have 20 years of coaching ahead of them. You know, like I, I still feel like for what he's done here, he's not recognized enough. You know? Uh, yeah, and I mean, hell, Andy Reid hasn't gotten teams to the Super Bowl with. Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. Exactly. Man. <laughs> so yeah. I I agree. I think he. I mean, part of it is people are just used to it. The 49ers have been this good for a few years now, and um. But I I think you're right. I think he's a top like top three coach in the league probably, and deserves his flowers. That being said, I still would kind of like to see them. I would love to see the 49ers go to the Super Bowl and lose again. I think it's just funny. It's just a good narrative. For like this great coach to keep attaching himself to these not good enough quarterbacks and keep losing the Super yeah. Bowl because of it. Yeah, I don't understand why they're never in the conversation either for like the Kirk Cousins of the world. But I don't know. I guess Kirk Cousins doesn't really move the needle as much as compared to Brock Brady as much. Uh, we we discussed this two weeks ago. Let's not do the Kirk Cousins thing, guys. Bro, I I, oh, I <laughs> want to pick the Lions, but like Purdy was like really bad. 
against the Packers, and they still won. Shanahan's, like, not going to let that happen again. Oh, I don't know. Got to be one. Fuck it. Lions going to the Super Bowl. I'm going to be crying again. It's going to be beautiful. Be I'm beautiful. with you, Detroit. We started this episode talking about the pain of sports, but the Lions going into the Super Bowl would, would like, really just – that's the perfect counter to everything you just said. That's the moment, you know. That would be beautiful. I'm rooting for it. I, I just – if they do make it, I want them to win. Like, if they – there's no – I want them to make it and win. That's the thing. I always think about this for the Bills, too. Like, what if the Bills finally make it to the Super Bowl in my lifetime and fucking lose it? it, it we just can't. Like, if we make it, I need them to win. But that's – it's actually the hardest game. I always – for some reason, I'm like, oh, if we just make it, we're going to win the Super Bowl, no problem. With the shitty AFC, probably. I meant NFC. Sorry. True. Yeah, that's the that's... thing. Yeah. If the Bills run the NFC, Josh Allen is in his third straight Super Bowl. <laughs> You're probably right. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, the AFC's a gauntlet, man. Uh Mike, take advantage of the NFC life, man. You, the, the Giants can turn this around way quicker than the Colts can. Because no matter how good the Colts are next year, they're not like gonna beat Burrow, Lamar, Mahomes, Allen. Like that's fuck. That's just uh, no. We can't fu- turn it around because we have the NFC East and like. The the Cowboys are always winning like fourteen games, being the shit out of everybody in the regular season, and then they turn into a pumpkin in the postseason. Like they have to be yeah. shitty earlier in order for the Giants to have a chance. Maybe Mike McCarthy can achieve that. I believe in him. <laughs> Reach new heights. Do we want to? Are there any Packers, um, Texans uh, uh, points we want to make here? Since we haven't really talked about them or. Not really. They both have rookie quarterbacks. They're going to be good. Oh, I I have a point to make. I always think it's really funny when they get to the point in the broadcast where there's like four minutes left and they're like, you know, you got CJ Stroud. You got Nico Collins. You got so many years ahead of you. Like, just like the cope on behalf of the Texans fans. Nobody wants to hear this shit. And it's just like, it's just like you got your ass kicked so bad. We don't even have to wait till the post game to start doing this shit. And <laughs> another point on top of that, you don't always get another chance. Sometimes your best chance is like you know your first one or two runs. I don't know. It's just, it's such a silly mindset to have as a uh, uh, like like as you're getting your ass whooped. We'll be back. I don't know. Yeah. Just be sad in the moment and then. <laughs> and then come back to the game in three months. Like it'll it'll be back for you. You don't have to start coping in the middle of the fourth quarter. <laughs> <laughs> I respect it. That, that's a that's a true hater's take, and I respect it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> extreme hater shit. Like uh, I'm like. What, the Texans are supposed to be – the fans are supposed to be mad that they're losing to the Ravens <laughs> in C.J. Stroud's rookie year in the playoffs? Yes! You ironically a little bit, yes. <laughs> All right. If you say so. All right. I got another take regarding these teams. I would – if you gave me even odds, I think I might take Jordan Love and the Packers to be in the Super Bowl within three years. Wow. The NFC is fraudulent. 
and he looks like a really good quarterback. And Matt LaFleur is a really good coach. I can see it. I can see it. I'm going to – no, I'm not going to do it. I was going to make a Cowboys prediction, but I'm like, why the fuck would I do that? Please, let's hear it. <laughs> we can always delete it. Let's I, I was going to make the same prediction that Cam just made, but with the Cowboys. Then I oh, remembered the – I remembered they still have McCarthy. Yeah, they still got McCarthy uh, yeah. and Dak. And Dak, but honestly, I, I if the Packers can do it, I, why can't the Cowboys? Mike McCarthy. Head coach, and let's, you know, Dak, I still have some faith. Not, I wouldn't say faith. I still have some hope for him, but Jordan Love has not proved himself to be a fraud nearly as much as Dak has right now. Jordan Love is fresh and new. And if he's following he's in the Aaron Rodgers he's lineage, he's he's a, he's an early he's early in his fraud stages. We'll see if he gets there. <laughs> fraud nymph. <laughs> he's a, he's a fraud. Wait, let me ask you, you know, this: If you're the Packers, you just have you have so many years ahead of you right now. You can't even be mad about this loss. You got Jordan Love, Christian Watson, <laughs> Matt Lafleur. You should be really oh, happy. Oh God, it's happening again. <laughs> Uh, Wait, I, I let me ask you this. Next three years, you get even odds. Lions or Packers to have more regular season wins total? Packers. I'm going to go Lions. I, I think that rookie talent, that, you know, as long as they have the, those Hutchinson, Gibbs, Laporta on very nice rookie contracts and they can build around the edges, they should continue to be good. This is just a purely financial thing. Eventually, they're going to have to pay them, but doesn't you know? For the time being, they still get to really build around them in a way that doesn't stretch their cap too much. So, and they're going to get better. You know, those guys are very young. So, I, I, I'm gonna, eat, I'm gonna choose the Lions for that reason. I'm going with the Packers just simply for the reason that I think Jordan Love's a better quarterback than Jared Goff, and Matt Lafleur is a better coach than Dan Campbell. There. Wow, you love analytics. <laughs> I'll go Packers too. I yeah, I'm gonna bet on the quarterback as well. I'm to both of you, discontinue to lithium. <laughs> Man, I can't. After the Bills lost, you kidding me? <laughs> you need to hallucinate beautiful Italian woman. I, I get it. I get it. That's the only shit keeping me alive. <laughs> you and Manny with these Lorraine Bracco gun fantasies. Hey, I woke up this morning and I did see her pointing that gun at me. <laughs> yeah, no, that explains you. Sh- you sh- you're probably in a better mood than you would have been otherwise. I mean, yeah, that lithium is good shit, man. That's all I'm saying. What a mood lifter that would be. Jeez. I don't even understand. What is... Can someone explain this joke to me? I don't know. I just... Lorraine Bracco is hot. Gun is hot. No, I don't know. That I understand. Where did the... Gun hot. Why did you say... That's the most masculine shit I've ever heard. I was like, what do you mean? I, I didn't get what the question. I was like, huh, how does he not get it? You thought you had to explain that to me? Yeah. yeah, I'm like I'm more Italian than this guy is. Jeez. <laughs> Wait, so what? What, what needs explaining? <laughs> You're like, 
you and Cameron something lithium. Oh, <laughs> oh, um, Tony Soprano when Melfi gave him the lithium and he hallucinated going on a date with the fine Italian uh exchange student. It's the end of the first season. Remember when um. I don't know. This is like an entire episode. Uh, Carl oh, Rettin. oh, oh, oh! The neighbors. The na- yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Lithium's a fucking like prescribed thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cam wow. And I say, oh yeah, like that. This guy's living. He doesn't know about the anti-depression, anti-anxiety no. medications. Bro, I don't know anything. Butterfly fields. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you haven't lived until you've snorted the entire periodic table up your nose yeah. no Mr. wonder Rogers. michael's like oh sports aren't too painful you know it's the carry yeah. that makes it all worth the while mr <laughs> fucking <laughs> care bear yeah. this guy wakes up every day like it's mr rogers it's uh i yeah it makes me sick yeah no I yeah a positive outlook on life I'm a, I'm 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 wearing a dare shirt right now. You guys can't see it, but we're um, potting with a narc. Oh lord! <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, we'll try to find somebody cooler for the next pod. But yeah. in the meantime, this has been CMM, uh, the least trusted names in sports. Any final thoughts before we go, boys? Excited for the last true real weekend of football. Um, it's been a great season. Let's end it without some blowouts. Let's have some close games. Bro, there's only three football games left. And then yep. and then no more. Yeah, I'm definitely going to need to get some lithium to get through without football. Hold on. Let me say that one more time. Yeah, I'm definitely going to need some lithium to get through without football. <laughs> Need anymore, pal. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, all right. <laughs> That's it. I'm signing off. <laughs>